looking forward to at the movies. It's coming up very soon in January. Um, I don't know, maybe that clip <laughs> was a little bit weird for some people. That's, that's um, off a movie called Jerry Maguire, which is like, okay, you've got to show your age. I think it might have been 10, 15 years ago. Um, but such a classic movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, that was a good friend of ours. Um, he's a pastor in the US and he's obviously ripped that movie apart and put himself into it um, in a funny way. Look, we've got um, these invitations out the front which you can grab hold of. Go and share them with your friends. Tell your friends to come along to our At The Movie series. We've got a bunch of movies that we're going to pull apart. We're going to look at them, show clips of them. And um, kids, if you want to, uh, you can dress your kids up as, as their favorite uh, movie characters. And if you like dressing up, as movie characters, this is your opportunity to do it and no one's going to judge you. So um, be part of it. It's a bit of fun and uh, it's our light-hearted way of uh, in- enjoying January, but also it's a way of inviting people who are not used to coming to church just to come and experience the love of God in a different way. So um, that's going to be happening through the month of January. Um, obviously, Christmas is, well, Christmas Day is not next week, but our Christmas service next Sunday on the 23rd, who can actually believe that it's come around so soon, but it is actually upon us. Um, So Christmas service next Sunday, we want you to invite your friends along. So um, we've hired some extra chairs, so please, this is the one time of year that people are happy to receive an invitation to come to church. So please avail yourself, um, invite those people around you, and look, don't disqualify the people that you know from coming to church. Don't write them off in your mind saying, oh, they'll never come. You don't know until you ask the question. Um, so be bold, be brave, and ask the people around you to come along to our Christmas service next Sunday. And following that, we've got our Testimony Sunday coming up on the 30th. So Testimony Sunday is something that we've done every year, and it's just a way of us remembering about God's goodness throughout the year. And we're going to invite a few people to come up and share their story, the, the journey that they've been on throughout 2018 and the goodness of God in their lives. It's a wonderful time to remember and to think back and to give thanks. And we also have an opportunity that Christy and I will be praying for everybody. Um, we're just anointing you and blessing you and preparing you uh, for the year that lays ahead. I believe that 2019 is going to be an amazing year. Who's with me? Come on. 2019 is going to be a great year, not only for you individually, it's going to be a great year for us as a church. Um, But we need to be prepared. We need to be Christians who are not waiting for circumstances to come at us, but we are actually ready. We're prepared. Our hearts are ready for whatever comes. Well, turn with me to um, our opening scripture, which is in John 12, verses 24 to 25. And this is Jesus talking. And he says this, Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts, it reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go... Reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. We've been exploring this um, theme of season, the season of hope. And we've been going through every single week a different, looking at a different season. And how amazing is it as we look at the natural world, as we look at natural things, we can uncover spiritual truths. And so in the first week, we looked at the season of summer. 
And if you, um, if you weren't here in the last couple of weeks, just to remind you, we have a podcast, Oasis Church, Perth. You can look it up on iTunes um, and grab those podcasts and catch yourself up. But the first week we looked at summer and we learned a little bit more about what the season of summer is. It's a great time of, of reaping the rewards of your hard labor. It's a time to enjoy God's goodness and His faithfulness in your life. But this also comes with a little warning, a little uh, encouragement that we don't kind of let ourselves go completely, um, but we prepare ourselves and we learn to um, still give thanks. Um, last week, Joel preached an amazing message about the season of autumn, and we looked at a, a, a great scripture in Galatians 6 about not giving up. And this week, um, it falls upon me to, to share about the season of winter. Winter is... A season really of nothingness. It's a season of darkness. It's a season where things kind of dull down, don't they? Everything retreats into itself. And color-wise, if you're in, you know, those artistic people out there, probably you're thinking in blues and grays and blacks, and it's all subdued and monochromatic, and everything's sort of darkening down. And the seed that's in the ground is doing nothing. The seed is doing nothing. The seed is in the ground. It's just lying there, dormant. Maybe... For you, your season of winter could be, you know, you start, you've decided that you're going to start up a business and you're all ready to go, but the phone's just not ringing and you're getting no leads. Maybe um, you've made a decision that you want to have a baby and yet you're just not falling pregnant. Maybe you had this great dream in your heart to discover something or to do something incredible, but your circumstances around you, you, can't, you don't have two cents to rub together. You don't have enough money to put petrol in the tank and yet you're carrying this big dream in your heart. That's winter. So how do we respond when we find ourselves in this deep, dark season of winter? The first thing that I want to encourage you with is that we need to embrace it for more. Embrace it for more. I'll read these, this passage again. Jesus said, Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. It's just going to stay there, dormant. Jesus was talking about the normal cycle of life. And we need to learn that we're part, our lives go through cycles as well. We don't end up in winter. Winter is not a place, it's not a destination that we camp in. It's not a place where we end up. It's part of the cycle of life. It's part of the rhythm of life that we all must go through. And so we need to understand that we're part of a cycle. When you find yourself in winter, it's okay, you're going to get through this and you're going to come through the other side. And, and as I'm going to explore a little bit more through my talk today, winter actually has a powerful way of galvanizing you. It has a powerful way of bringing transform, transformation into your life. You need to embrace it. You need to bring it into yourself as much as you hate your winter. Bring it in and ex allow God to do a good work in your heart. One of the temptations that we face when we go through winter, when we find ourselves in winter, is the, this is not fair card that we pull out. It's not fair that I'm in this place right now. And one of the biggest traps for us is social media, or even just looking around at the people around us. I'm in the worst possible scenario that I can imagine right now, and yet I look across and I see my relatives or I see my friends just having an amazing time. I'm suffering. I, can, I don't have enough money to pay my bills, and yet I see my friend over there on Facebook posting how amazing their holiday is right now. 
I'm struggling because we can't get pregnant with a baby, and yet I see posts on, on social media about people who have just had their baby, their new baby boy, and how exciting it is, and everyone's gathering around and celebrating that wonderful season for them. And it's such a trap for us to say, this is not fair. Why not me? Why can't I have those things? Why can't I be going through and experiencing those joys as well? Why do I have to go through this stuff? And to be honest with you, this is all sideways energy. We're wasting our time asking that question, why me? Honestly, it will get you nowhere, anywhere fast. And to be honest with you, if God is going to do a work in your heart, and I believe that God uses the winter seasons that we go through, that you have to embrace it. You have to be willing to embrace that winter season and allow God to do that good work in you. And that's my second point. You need to let winter do its work in you. You need to allow God to do that work in you. Paul says in Romans 5, 3 to 5, and I love this chain of events. He says that we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame Another translation say, it does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. When suffering comes along, we have a choice in the way that we're going to respond to it. And you see it in the people that you, that you probably have in your world. How they respond to suffering, how they respond to heartache and brokenness. We can either rebel against God and we can blame God for our troubles we can say that it's his fault that these things have happened to me and we can reject him and we can and we can say well if you really are a caring god if you really do care for me if you really do love me then you surely you wouldn't allow this darkness to come upon me you, you wouldn't allow me to go through this suffering right now you obviously don't care about me and we push away the thought of god we push away the thought of a loving god and we push away those people around us who want to reach out in love we push away those people around us who want to love us because we're rejecting the idea that God loves us. But there is another way. And I believe that God wants you to, to learn to walk through that season of pain that he has you in. How else can you develop patience unless you're being forced to wait for something? How else am I going to learn perseverance unless I'm having to learn to persevere through something? Suffering leads to perseverance, which leads to character, which leads to hope. Why hope? Because I believe that once you've gone through a season of pain and you've developed perseverance and you develop that character within you, and hope begins to rise up in your heart, the next time you go through a season of pain, the next time your winter season hits you, you've got this hope in your heart. You can say to yourself, hang on a minute, this is not my destination. This is not where I'm going to end up. I have hope in my heart that God is real, that is for me, and He's going to carry me through this season of darkness. He's with me. There's hope that rises up in the, in the, dip, the depth of my soul. Psalm 84 verse 5 is a wonderful description of a pilgrim's journey. And 
back in those ancient times, people who lived out in the countryside, they would take a pilgrimage up to, to Mount Zion or, or up the, the, the city of Jerusalem. It would be a climb up the mountain. And the psalmist writes this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. What a powerful passage that is. Powerful passage. But look what it says. They pass through the valley of Baca. In some translations, it talks about, the, it calls it the valley of weeping. They're passing through the valley of weeping, through the valley of pain. But they don't decide to camp in the valley of pain. They don't decide to build themselves a little house called the house of pain. And I'm going to sit here in my house of pain. And I love my house of pain. And I'm going to be here and I'm going to have little flowers at the front. And it's going to be my little place. And people want to come visit me. They can visit me in my house of pain. That's not what the psalmist said. Their hearts are set on pilgrimage. They have a destination that they're going to. They have a place that they want to get to. And it's not in the house of pain. It's not in the valley of weeping. It's not, it's not a place for them to remain. It's not their destination. It's not their destiny. Their destiny remains in Zion, up on the mountaintop. God has called you to sometimes go through a valley of weeping. Sometimes you have to go through that pain. Sometimes you have to go through that before you get to the, the mountaintop. But you will go from strength to strength. You know what I'm talking about? Strength to strength. And sometimes we need to talk to ourselves that, that I have a destiny, that I have a destination, that I have a calling in God and it's not here in the valley. God's calling you through the valley. He's not calling you to stay in the valley. He's calling you to go through the valley. And He will be with you as you walk through that journey. The other thing that we can learn from winter, I don't, think of, I don't know that I can think of anything else that is going to transform you more than a winter experience. The winter will transform you from selfish to selfless. From selfish to selfless. Let's have a look at what Jesus said again. He said, but if it is buried, it sprouts and it reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. There's a transformation that takes place to that seed when it's lying dormant in the ground doing nothing at all. Boring, quiet, dark and cold. This is the opportunity for transformation to take place. And I believe there's nothing as transformative as a winter season. Nothing is going to change you as much. Nothing is going to galvanize you as much as a winter season. As the darkness and the, the brokenness and the coldness of a winter season. Nothing changed, that seed changes so dramatically in that season of winter. 
when it goes suddenly from a seed to a sprout and the potential of growth begins and it bursts through the, the ground, the roots go down, the stalk goes up and it starts bearing fruit. But it all begins at that transformative moment deep and dark in the ground where no one's there. No one's watching you. No one's clapping and celebrating you. No one's telling you what a great job you're doing. No one's geeing you up and telling you how great you are. And no one wants to post social me media photographs about my winter. No one's gonna, you're not going to get likes on your Instagram for your winter season, are you? Oh, yeah. This is the third, time, third month running where I don't have enough money to pay my bills. It's a dark place. It's a lonely place. But it's a transforming place. And something happens to our prayers. Something happens in the way that we talk to God and we talk to ourselves in that dark and lonely place. Because all of a sudden, our priorities begin to change. Our values begin to change. And usually, it's like we're shifting the furniture. I used to have a value for these things. They used to be important to me. But now, all of a sudden, in this time of great pain that I'm experiencing, all this other stuff, this ancillary stuff, doesn't matter to me anymore. But there's one thing that really matters. Have you ever prayed this prayer or heard somebody else pray this prayer or seen or heard a story about someone who prays this prayer? Their back's against the wall. They're about to die. Something tragic's about to happen. And they say a prayer like, God, if you will save me, if you will save me, if you will set me free, deliver me from whatever it is I'm facing, I will serve you all the days of my life. I'll become a priest. I'll become a nun. I'll do anything you want. Just set me free. There's something that happens when our back's against the wall, when we're in that dark place, when there's nothing else that's important, then all of a sudden we start to pray the prayers that I believe God wants us to pray. We, can't, we become realigned with what's really important. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament about a lady called Hannah. And she wanted a baby so desperately. She wanted a son. And it says in Samuel 1, that God closed her womb. How does that deal with your theology? God closed her womb and she cried out year after year. There were other, um, back in those days, you could have multiple wives and the other wife was having kids every single year. And she was rubbing her nose in it all the time. Hey, look, another kid. I'm pregnant again. And she could not have children. She was broken in her heart, so broken. And one time, finally, she goes to the priest. She goes to the priest and she prays her heart out with weeping and tears. And she says to God the prayer that he was waiting for her to pray. God, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you. He will be yours. And guess what happens? Lo and behold, she becomes pregnant. She has a son. She names him Samuel. Samuel is dedicated to God and serves his life in the house of the Lord. Samuel goes on, on to be one of the greatest prophets in the, the history of Israel. All because that his mother's prayer that she was almost forced into praying that prayer of dedication. 
You think about it. If things had gone wonderfully well and she had had kids, would she ever have decided to dedicate that child to God? I don't think so. I think it's human nature. I think it's human nature. Sometimes when push comes to shove, that's the only time that we're prepared to pray those bold sort of prayers. I'm going to tell you a story about my own life. Many years ago, we had a business. It was called Jandicott Vet Hospital. And it was really a miracle that we got into it in the first place. But it was really successful. And we had it for over eight years. And it was fun. I loved it. I didn't have to work full time. We were making great money. Profitable. We, could build, we got to build a beautiful house for ourselves. And I had time. I could serve in the church. So I was volunteering. And I loved it. I loved that business. It was so good. And then God one day, I believe, put his finger on me. And things got hard. And they didn't just get hard for like a week or a month. But it was hard financially for that business. In the end, it was about two years. And I'm not just talking about, well, it's kind of hard, you know, to, to pay the bills. It, wasn't, it was impossible. Like for months and months and then years and years on end, we couldn't pay the bills. I had to go month on month to the people who I had money to and say, look, I'm sorry once again. I can't pay you the $50,000 that I owe you. And that money, that amount just kept climbing. And people would say, and prophets would come and pray, things are going to get better, you're going to turn the corner. And they didn't. It was hard. And you know what? When things were great, if someone were to say, you should sell the business, I would say, no way, Jose, I will never sell that business because it's amazing. It looks after us. It blesses us. And we're prospering. Amen. Hallelujah. Hashtag blessed. And it wasn't until things be got really, 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 really hard that God began to speak to Christy and me about selling the business and about planning a church. I And I'm... Like, honesty moment here, guys. I don't know that I would honestly have decided to sell that business and step into planning a church voluntarily. But God turned the thumbscrews on me and got me in the vice, got me in that place of pain until I cried out and I said, God, whatever you want, that's what I'll do. And as the story goes, we sold that business for an incredible price, miraculously, once again, the door opened wide. We walked into planning this church. And I want to tell you today, I wouldn't be standing here today except for that season of pain that I had to endure. I wouldn't be in this place of resolve knowing that I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do without that season of pain that I had to endure. We wouldn't be seeing people come to Christ. We wouldn't be seeing people get find life and grow in their faith and all the people that you are here before us now. Going through that experience of growing in your faith right now because we were willing to make that decision. Because we went through that season of winter in our lives. And I'm sure many of you can, can relate right now. You could be potentially going through a season of winter right now. I want to encourage you that this is a season that you will go through it. And God wants to use it. So I want to encourage you to ask the question, God, what do you want from me? What prayers should I begin to be praying? What are the things that I even have been afraid to pray 
that you want to tease out of me, that you want to draw something out of me in this season of darkness. Don't just remain in the ground and just decide to yourself, I'm just going to stay here in my pain forever. I'm going to embrace this pain and I feel sorry for myself and I'm just going to wallow in self-pity. But I want to encourage you to ask, begin to ask the hard questions. What is God saying to me? What does He want from me? And look, this is not a pat answer. And I know that, like I said to you, my season of pain lasted for two years. This is not something where you just click your fingers and um, all of a sudden the, the question's answered and the problem's resolved and you move on. This is something that takes time. But God will allow that season to shape you if you will let Him. If you will allow Him to speak to you. If you will allow Him to work and massage the life that He wants to into your life. It will prepare you for the season ahead. My last point. You need to watch over your future harvest with vigilance. Just because you're in a season of dormancy, just because you're in a season of silence and there's no action, there's no activity, nothing's going on, does not mean that you just put your feet up and you wait it out. It's not like that at all. God wants you, spiritually speaking, to watch over your seed with diligence. The dream that you still carry in your heart with diligence. Jesus told the story of a sower who went out to sow one day. And he was scattering seed. And some seed fell in the good soil. Other seed fell in different places. But some seed fell by the, by the roadside. And by the roadside, the, the soil was quite hard because there'd been a lot of footsteps going alongside there. And it just landed on the ground, on the surface. And, and Jesus said that the birds came along and they stole away the seed. And later on, when Jesus was explaining that story to his disciples, he said, the birds represent the devil. The devil comes in and he steals away the word that's in your heart. He steals it away because it's just vulnerable. It's just sitting there on the surface. And that's exactly what it's like for us. If we need to look over with vigilance the seed that God has given to us, if it lands on soil that's not prepared, we need to allow to cultivate the soil, dig it up a bit. Allow that word to get buried down deep into your heart. Let it take root inside of you. If you don't watch over it with vigilance, it will be robbed. It will be taken away from you. And people, I want to tell you that one day you will stand before your maker. You will stand before your creator and he will say to you, so tell me, what did you do with the seed that I gave to you? What did you do with it? What happened to it? And, and to say, oh, well, the birds came along and they took that seed away, so I wasn't able to, it wasn't my fault. That's no excuse, guys. He wants you to take responsibility for the seed that he gives to you and do something with it. Prepare the soil. Let it go down deep into your heart. Meditate on God's word. Meditate on his promises for your life. Because I can tell you, as sure as day follows night, that those promises that are in your heart will one day come to pass. Carry it in your heart with vigilance. Carry it in your heart, believing that God has a destiny and a calling for your life. You know what? This passage is such an in incredible one for me. But Jesus was also talking about his own life. 
He was that seed. His whole life was that seed that was buried in the ground and died. He gave his life up completely for you and me so that we could have life. And we saw how that seed that died in the ground multiplied. It burst forth into brand new life. And thousands, if not millions, if not billions of people have come to Christ, come to that freedom in Christ because of the sacrifice that he made. His willingness to die, his willingness to give away his life so that other people would find life. And I want to encourage you today, if you have never made that decision to follow Jesus Christ, then this is an opportunity for you. This is an opportunity for you to to grab hold of that life that he wants you to walk in. So I'm going to pray right now, and I just want to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And Lord, I want to thank you 